And I'm black, y'all. And I'm black, y'all. And I'm blacker than black. And I'm black, y'all. I'm blickety black, blacker than black, black. I'm blacker than black, yo. Because I'm black and I'm black. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, welcome to another episode of the Our Time Podcast. Today uh, with me, we got Jamel, got Cam. My name is Daniel, and the topic we're going to be discussing today is, like, what does it mean to be a black man? Mm. Or, like, what does it not mean? Does it have a meaning? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what kind of, like, prompted this discussion is, and I'm, I'm sure it actually takes place in, like, a lot of circles. Like, there's a lot of expectations, both of within black culture and outside of black culture, about what being black entails, specifically, ideas about black men. Uh, <laughs> some of you younger people may not quite understand this, but being a nerd is cool and all now, making billions of dollars, but it was not always like Thanks. I still don't know if it's quote unquote cool. I think it's just more commonly accepted now. Because nerds yeah. still win in the race all the time, you know. For every billionaire, we got a lot of nerds working that nine to five, still can't get a date. Still can't get a raise. It's like, uh, we've all, we've known at least, uh, Cam and I, I'm not sure, Jamel, if you've had this experience, uh, where you had a friend who was surprised by the fact that, not, not that you were into nerd stuff, but that you let other people know it. <laughs> like, grown man in his 30s, when me, Cam and I were in our 20s, hiding the fact he likes And, you know, we can joke and laugh about that, but that's how a lot of black men feel. So yeah. this is kind of like, kind of going to discuss that a little bit on today's episode. So, I mean, that kind of leads right into what I was asking. So for you guys, how did kind of growing up with nerd culture affect your experience with black or did it? Well, for me, I would say it did. But I, so honestly, like, I actually think I was kind of a bit of a hybrid because I was the type of dude I played sports, but I was also into nerd culture. Like, I read comic books. I play video games. I mean, like, the way I am as a person, I study anything I'm into obsessively, and that is kind of a nerd habit, whereas I think most people just tend to go off of common knowledge. And I guess I didn't really notice. I think my, th- my problems as I growing up were more about because I was black growing up in a majority white area. Like, I think the nerd culture was always secondary to in my life because also as a nerd that you're able to perform academically. And I guess, I, like I said, I'm a bit of a hybrid, I was a bit of a jock. I grew up wrestling, wrestling and doing martial arts. I was able to perform physically. So typically, whenever I got made fun of or something, I was kind of the knucklehead that would challenge motherfuckers' fights. <laughs> and, you know, choke a few people out, you stop getting harassed every so often. You kind of just get excluded. <laughs> man that's a bar right there I, I, and, and if you're not done please continue, but I mean that's just how I feel right? he simply graduated to getting excluded that that was great it's the truth because yeah. the thing is as nerd I think and I think nerds and black cultures I, well let's just roll into part of this like I think the idea of being black and being a nerd I've always commonly looked been looked at as opposites because black people i think the common perception of us as black people is that you know black people are are more troublemakers or jocks rather than nerds 
So we commonly don't get accepted in our own environments. Because, like, you know, I was kind of the nerdy black kid growing up, you know, wanting to read comic books, want to play video games, when most everybody wanted to play basketball. And to this day, I'm still not good at basketball. <laughs> and just, just as a side note, because I can hear some objections, uh, DBZ does not fucking count. <laughs> oh, wow. Not that DBZ... No, let, let, me, let me clarify there. I said that. <laughs> well, not that... Wait, let me, let me say what I'm saying. Go, go, go. It's not that DBZ does not count as nerd culture, but DBZ has, like, a black card pass. Nobody was going to really hate on you if the one nerd thing you did was DBZ. I would put Superman and, bizarrely, Captain America kind of in the same boat. It's like, the further you got away from that, the more kind of friction, like, people started to hit you. So I'm not discounting those as fandoms. I'm just saying that typically those are like the accepted. Here's the thing. Like, I, I agree with you, but like, I think that's common amongst black people. Cause like I grew up once again, I, me, I grew up in a predominantly white area and it DBZ wasn't really accepted amongst, you know, the popular kids or the preppy kids or just the jocks in general growing up. But as I got older, it was kind of a gateway for black and white cultures to kind of get along. And I think for black cultures, I think a lot of black people kind of identify with Dragon Ball Z, like the under the, the racist undertones of it itself. But it was it was like the most jockish anime, probably to this day. Like the whole <laughs> thing's about fighting and like people that are that were disregarded rising up. And not um, really being a father to your kid. <laughs> That's not what it was about. That was a side effect. Oh, right. that was the environment. Look, the <laughs> one, the one non-caricature black dude in the show was the best father. So we had that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we we downplay the guy that became a good father and stop fighting in the street. Like, we're horrible. Yeah, you know, the side note though is if you're that one, you that one, you that tenth nigga, and you don't like Dragon Ball Z, fuck you. <laughs> If you don't like Dragon Ball Z, what do you like? Right. Look, if you don't Goku, like Goku might not have been there for Gohan, but he was there for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit! So Dragon <laughs> Ball Z gave us anime Uncle Phil. Rest in peace, first. <laughs> wow, <laughs> learning so much tonight. Um, well, you know, kind of just to kind of jump off that, I had kind of a different. Um, I've always been in nerd schools, uh, predominantly, predominantly white, mm-hmm. which is not to say there were no other minorities there. It's just the minorities were usually uh, Indian or Asian. I'd usually be like the only black kid or the only black man. Um, so nerd culture was kind of, I don't know, it kind of greased a lot of the wheels for because in the schools I was at, nerd culture had a lot more cachet than it did in the larger culture. So, and it's very easy to make friends if you're in that culture, just because, you know, you have common interests, you have common things to take, talk about. Like, things have gotten kind of fractured now. You kind of in the same struggle, too, because when nerds weren't really accepted, when you had, like, anime or something to bond you, it's like, yo, that's my man. Yeah, and... 
kind of one of the difference between nerd culture now and then is, you know, now you ask somebody what your favorite anime is, they'll be telling you some stuff you never heard of. Mm-hmm. Back then, there were probably only about five you could realistically get your hands on. So everyone was watching this stuff. And it's the same with game release. You know, now we go into Christmas and there's literally more games coming out that are good than you have time to buy. Where back then, you get like one banger a season and occasionally you'd have a crazy year like 98, but that was the exception to the rules. Everyone was playing stuff. So, like for me, nerd culture was kind of like my sanctuary because I knew wherever I went, there were people who were into the same thing I was. You just had to find them. And usually, as long as you were comfortable wearing an anime t-shirt, that wasn't too hard, <laughs> even if they weren't. The moment you saw someone and got that look that they knew what that shirt was, they were out of it. That's kind of what I did. You talk about it like Scarlet Red Letter A or something. <laughs> I'm kind of, or, you know, the earring and the left ear. It's just, yeah. it's like little signs subcultures do to signal to each other where they're at. You're right. Overt with it or other. Like I was already standing out because I was black. So fuck that I can. I know, right? One only black kids on the wrestling team. Black kids in this in, in the debate team like that. No, you stand out. What about you, Jay? Right. So, so yeah. Uh, growing up, it was very similar to y'all, actually, which is funny but predominantly white. Um, so there was like a random, I think it was a kindergarten school uh, that I had found other than that, um, you know, even didn't see a black male teacher till high school. So the personality, the mannerisms, the voice, even the the look of the, the boy growing up is not really what you get now because I, I mean, obviously puberty hit, so the voice changed. That's no big deal. A lot of people don't know that, you know, I'm just under six feet now. I was 5'3 at senior year of high school and had some random growth spurt in in a weekend. It was like it was, all, it was like some kind of anime background, you know, back uh, backstory. It was crazy. <laughs> Sounds like surgery. It, yeah, right. <laughs> or, or, or a spider. You know, I don't know what. I don't know what happened. Something happened. Something bit me. And then I grew. Um, you know, so it was definitely, um, and then, so the, it was the nerd culture and not really being around, um, a lot of black people. So being a nerd like other people. And then, you know, just the reality is the other thing that's different between when we were growing up and now is now is a little bit more socially acceptable in general. So as much as anybody might complain, and and, and rightfully so, as, as difficult as it is to be different and you know be you know queer and anything like that, you didn't really want to try to be not a white man in the '90s. Like you built up a lot of character not being a white man. There were no body cams back then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's the whole point. Look, and 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 so the, you know the the joke is it's not like it. It's not like it's a, or not even a joke. The gag is it's not like it's a walk in the park right now. But just imagine when people didn't pretend to give a shit about how they was treating you just, you know, a couple of decades ago or even six years ago, if we're being honest. Yeah. So, yeah, my experience, yeah, it's pretty similar to y'all, which is pretty interesting. But it was definitely like who I am now 
um, is shaped from that from that courageous young boy. But um, outward appearances, we probably don't feel like we're the same. But man, I fucks with that look, little young nigga. You said it's here. Thank you. <laughs> so you actually mentioned something there. Like Cam, when was your first black male teacher? First black male teacher. So I don't remember much from school prior to like second, third grade. But I remember, I think fifth grade, I had a black male teacher called Mr. Donald. He was my history teacher. And he's probably my favorite teacher up until that point. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got I a shout out to my man, Will. Wait, 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 wait. How do you not remember anything before second or third grade? What? what, what I what, mean, what, teacher. What no, wait. No, I mean, I'm either. on Cam's. I don't either. Like the fact that you guys can remember, like you and other people. You don't remember, remember y'all like, niggas. <laughs> like that's wild. To me. Actually, actually, this is another topic. But real quick, so for you, Jay, did you move around a lot as a kid, or were you in the same spot? I see that. That's fucked up. Okay, I just was. I just want you to know. <laughs> All of you ain't shit. <laughs> for all of those jokes <laughs> that y'all had between 0105, but whatever, we're going to pretend like you don't know for the audience. So so I was I was born in California, spent seven years there. Then I moved to Minnesota, spent six years there. Then I moved to North Carolina. Uh, that was high school for me. Um, and so, you know, I wish to stop there. Florida, New York grad school. Michigan, so I moved a lot. So we can relate. But you had so like seven year stretches, six year stretches. Like that's a whole set of grades. Right. I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. Uh, Because my wife Kim, she had the same people she was with in middle school, elementary school, and such. Like I moved around constantly, either throughout the city or homeschool and. Public schools are up and down the east. Let I me mean, up and down the east coast. And I wonder, if, like, moving around has to do with that. I can see what you're saying. Like, I guess, yeah. If you, if somebody got comfortable, then it's like, yeah, it's all black, whatever, you know, whatever. But if you had, there's some kind of hybrid. Like, you moved around, but you spent enough time. Like, the the Chicago, I mean, it's like the Cali era and the Minnesota era and the Carolina era all have distinct meanings to me. And I think because of that, that made them meaningful. And that's why I remember that. That's very possible. It's a good point, actually. Yeah. Well, to answer, I guess, for me, my first black male teacher was uh, in middle school. Not middle school, high school. That was my technology teacher. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that. That <laughs> There's a reason I thought my first black male teacher was in college. I literally didn't remember that. Oh dude. no! See, see that's, you can't just say that. Like, oh yeah, we are calling this. So now, what does that mean? Now we're going down the rabbit hole. What does that mean? Damn! It means it was a quote-unquote technology class. While I taught myself 3D Studio Max, he sat in the corner and blasted Disney music throughout the whatever. So yeah, that's what that means. You know, that's not exclusive to just black teachers, by the way. I had a lot of white teachers. Yeah. I mean. Hey, white, just, like, white, white teachers with black tendencies. <laughs> I'll be that racist. Well, guy. that goes into what is black, sir. Uh, well, we haven't answered it, so I'm gonna just keep being racist because I'm American. <laughs> so now what? <laughs> <laughs> Rope us in, Dan. 
Well, well, I mean, well, you know, for that question, Mm -hmm. what is black? Did any of you have, did you or like any of your siblings have any issues with, let's just go with the the classic, talking white? Oh, of course. Of course. I, I, I still to this day have white people to this day that talk about, you know, when you talk in a proper voice, you pronounce your words, oh, you're talking white. I'm like, what does that mean? How do you talk white? And there's not a way to answer that without making yourself look stupid or sound a little racist. Both. Both. Definitely, again, uh, like Cam said, was a high-performing student. And, yeah, definitely got accused of talking white uh, because of enunciation and word choice and context and all that type of stuff. And culture and reading a fucking book. See, you might as well pull out your mayo right now. Getting getting congratulated for reading books. Like, shout out Aaron Magruder, man. Shout out Aaron Magruder. Hey, man, like, you know, it, you know, I I grew up with a super jock brother who literally made the quote, What's a book ever done for anybody? (laughs) Well, we still quote to this day. Yeah, we still quote that shit to this day. I personally haven't had any issue with that. My sister, my mom pulled her from her, I think it was her middle school, because the girls there were talking about her talking white. I think one of the reasons my mom chose that middle school because she wanted my sister to be around more black. And that, uh, yeah, that thus ended that. I get it, man. I get it, because it makes it hard. To, I'm going to be honest. Like, you ever, like, underperformed or did act it out because people said you weren't being black enough because i know i did yeah yeah no that's the thing during the years where people care even more about stuff that i mean actually no it's not true people care about stuff that doesn't matter all their life but the kids let that you know that bullying and and the social stigmas affect their performance that then will cripple them for for the rest of their life so i don't blame your mom at all it's funny we got, you know, that everybody wants to be black, until, but nobody wants to be black. But then, you know, we want that black experience until you get around the wrong one. And it's like, nah, not these, though. Let's get the fuck out of here. And I got to credit my high school because I was still very different, you know, still getting comfortable in my own skin, still, you know, uncomfortable, like fighting with my parents. I don't want to go to that black school as if I was blonde hair and blue eyed and i get there and they were like whatever you're just you know they they actually allowed me to be me overall all i got was jokes all i got was jokes but there was no bullying there was no beating my ass or nothing and i had that's why i have so much respect for my high school uh this day you know today so you know any of y'all listening shout out to dudley so what old were you how old were you when you started having these feelings about not wanting to be around black people, or at least not wanting to go to a black school. So my experience was, I was comfortable. I was in my, and so that's a different, you know, that's a kind of an overarching topic, but I was in my comfort zone at that point. I had done elementary school was all, it was in a little bit of California to rest in Minnesota. Um, And then, so, Eighth grade was when I moved to Carolina and went to a school that was fairly mixed, but this the high school 
that my middle school was going to lean into was actually where uh, five say from a little brother went to. I ended up going to the magnet program slash black school. So it was like perfect for my parents. It was the predominantly black school, but I got accepted to the magnet program. So I still had rigorous science and technology schooling, which then bust me to a school with other high performing kids. So as far as them, it was like, God <laughs> lined them up for me. I was like, why are you putting me through this? Only to find out that this, you know, again, once I actually got to the school, this wasn't even really that bad at all. Mm -hmm. um, but that was a that was to answer your question, eighth to ninth grade transition. You know, that was when they and whatever year that was, you know, that they tried to switch it up on me would have been the year I would have been like, but why? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What were you gonna say, Tim? Well, I, I didn't want to jump topics but I, I guess you know I, I was gonna take my stab at I you know what is black to me because if we talked about acting out I know I know we we talked about we did things to basically fit in we did things to basically be quote unquote black or what we thought black was and to me if I had to define it I'd say black is identity which I think is something that's very underrated for human beings in general like I, I kind of wrote some some on the topic a little bit because I had some ideas, but I'm just kind of just freestyle this from what I remember. But I know that we're, human beings were visual creatures. Like I can, I can look at you. I can't tell your sexual orientation by seeing you. I can't tell your class or how much money you make by seeing you. I can't tell your intellect by seeing you. But I can tell what race you are by looking at you. And to black is black, white, Asian. That's some of the first thing you notice with somebody. So it's a big whether you like it or not. I think it does make a big aspect of who you are and how you define yourself. And, you know, how you act is ultimately based upon you. But I think black as an identity is one of the things I kind of hold very dear to myself. Like, I think I consider myself a black man before I consider myself an American. I think I consider my, myself a black man before I consider myself a nerd. I think I consider myself a black man before a lot, before a lot of other things. Probably even more than I probably consider myself a black man more than I consider myself a Christian. Because Ooh. it's very a makeup of who I am as an identity. Now, it's not the only thing that defines me, but I think it's the first thing people notice about me. And it's the first thing that I tend to get defensive on when questioned, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What the fuck? So don't, okay, don't forget your thought because, you know, I'm just going to be on some bullshit. So he said he wrote about it and he freestyled. And then the poignancy of what he just said this is a spoken word piece, and he's got a book coming out next month. I want you to. <laughs> You gonna link your SoundCloud cam? <laughs> link wait, your wait, wait, SoundCloud and just talk about Black it. Planet though, because he's been doing this for a minute. But no, he. But no, again, Cam, you did have a part two, didn't you? I did, but I, you know, you forgot. God damn, it. I told you not. To... Okay, fine. Well, I mean, like what you're saying about identity and it being important is, I think you're right. Um, it's interesting how like even if you have the same values, different experiences make that translate differently. Um, yeah. Because for me, one of my things is like, I'm conservative, but I started out libertarian. Yeah. I'm so, a left moderate, y'all, just in case you don't have political affiliations. That podcast is coming, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, yeah. So for me, it's like, you know, Black people were never quote unquote safe. Um, and it's not like 
I felt like white people were quote unquote safe either. Like I kind of came up with a slogan, white people stab you in the front, black people stab you in the back. Mm. I mean, it depends on which way you're facing, but <laughs> you're going <laughs> to, but at the end of the day, there's still a knife in you. So it's a matter of preference. Right, right. <laughs> but for me, you know, we talk about identity, talk about where you feel safe, where you feel comfortable. For me, that was nerd culture. Um, for me, those are the people who it's like, no matter what our political preference and where I was, our beliefs or how we look, once we connected on that level, that was a safe place. And I know that seems nuts if your only interaction with nerd culture these days is on the internet. But there are a lot of people that are complete assholes online that in person are perfectly fine to spend, hang out with for a little bit. And, and honestly, I think a point is that you chose nerd culture. Like, we didn't, you know, I think we're all proud to be black, but we did not choose to be black. You chose nerd culture. And, uh, like, it's a big deal for me. Like, I identify because, you know, I think when you get to choose, you have, uh, when it's a choice you make and it works out, you tend to own it more. You tend to feel prouder about it, if you know what I mean. I see what you're saying. I don't know how much that matters. The fact that choice matters for me personally. But I have heard a lot of other people say that as far as like, you know, the family you were born with versus the family you choose and which one they kind of feel more emotionally connected. Um, for me, I honestly feel like it's just more experiences. It's like uh, my family is very, uh, it's a rough and tumble argument place at least discussing politics. Like, you open your mouth with something to say, you're going to have people coming at you about it. And I love that. A lot of people don't. But regardless, the point is, like, my family is, you know, no matter how much we fight with each other over ideas, the next day if someone needs help, they're there for you. So mm. my family's a you know, I experienced something similar, although not to the same extent with nerd culture. I was never able to feel that way. And still, I'm more comfortable now, but I still don't, to be honest, with racial cultures like black or white. So mm -hmm. those to me, secondary, even though I completely understand that in the eyes of the public, <laughs> part of the black experience is how I'm and Although my nerd shirts do make a difference, I make sure to wear one out when I'm with my kids all the time. So people who might otherwise not look out will look out. Uh, that only takes you so far. <laughs> like, you're still black. Mm -hmm. It yeah. doesn't matter how many Gokus you got on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I respect that because, like, as crazy as it sounds, I think I've had a bit of the opposite, actually. Like, you know, not that nerd culture hasn't looked out, but I've felt a lot more connectivity and a lot more like even though I don't know you, I'm gonna look out for you through black people. You know, just you know, black culture in general. And I, I don't know if that's just something ingrained amongst some black people or just maybe because we grew up in the South in particularly. Like, you know, I think that black cultures, especially in the rural areas, they tend to look out for each other more. And I think it's common struggle if I had to summarize what it would be, but I, this, at least my experience is that, you know, the black churches to go to, they may squabble with each other, but, you know, in the house, they'll protect anybody from outside the house. 
and that's kind of how my family was too. We give each other hell. We still, we, you know, y'all know about my family, some of my family struggles, but at the end of the day, we still got each other's back as family. We got each other's back as our, you know, smaller community. And I guess this, you know, as much as maybe this sounds a little con- contradicting what I said earlier, some of the uh, cultures that I've chosen may it uh, didn't always have my back where some did. And that could just be a fact of me choosing wrong. But so what we like, what we kind of switched into now is the family dynamic. And I won't front as if that is exclusive to being black. I just know our culture gives a shit about family a lot. So if it's done right, or if it's done in something, I think most of us will appreciate. Yes, you're going to get roasted. You're going to get criticized heavily. You're going to get the finger pointed at you and you're going to have to defend yourself. And I feel like that's people's way of preparing you for the real world, which is, you know, it has its pluses and minuses because sometimes the internal battle is, you know, the hyperbolic chamber and then you never even see it to that extent in real life. So it's like, nah, you just being an asshole, Uncle, Uncle Jerry, actually. But when it's done right, though, you those same people will bat go to bat the hardest for you because they care the most about you. So that's not exclusive to the black experience. But I agree. But I agree. It, but it definitely, you know, should be a factor. And on and to be clear, unfortunately some people miss either the first part or more so the second part. Um and you know it's something avenue like Twitter has opened my eyes. For example, let me take a step back. I didn't realize how rare it was to have two parents until I got to fam you. Bruh. Serious. Bruh. (laughs) Serious. Okay, wait, wait. Well, well, let me pause for a second. Because I do want to go into the more, hear us talk about our different kind of views and takes on the Black family experience. But before we go through that, just real quick, Jay, if you could address, like, what... Like, like the, how Cam and I did between like black identity, like what that means to you and how important you write that in your overall sense of self. Hmm. And then we'll check in on our possible fourth. Right. <laughs> black identity. I'm going to do him a favor because shit. Okay. I need that. Can you ask that question again? Because I'm not going to do you. Yeah. I can, I can ask you again. So let me just... Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Cam. What's up? Do you identify yourself by your blackness, or is your and and how much of your blackness is part of your identity? As your oh, these are that, okay. So I get the question. It's just difficult. That's a good ass question. I I feel like I do. Like I definitely do. Especially like right now, I am very consciously like unapologetically black. You know. So we talk about the shirts like. I, it sounded like Dan was saying his shirts are, you know, to show, hey, you know, just a, just a, just a friendly nerd over here, and I could be wrong. Black, right? But my yeah, my 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 shit is I'm still here. <laughs> you know, my shit is is you know the the uh, Jada Kiss had the I'm black shirt with the Y video, and I wore that like in grad school at a purely white school, and my frat brothers were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Why, what, why, why are you wearing that? You know, I had the do-rag era that started senior year of high school. You all remember that because you was in the middle of it. Nigga, I was part of it. 
I had right. <laughs> I, like, I, I got thirty seven dollars. Yeah, I had I had an ex girlfriend. I had you know I had elder, elder members of the family. Again, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Where's your Where's your suit every day? It's like, well, y'all didn't send me to Morehouse. You know, you didn't send me to Howard. Okay, fam, you we get a little, we get to choose a little bit. What you know, unless you unless you join SBI, then I would have had to wear a suit every single day. But I didn't do that. So. I think, I guess, I don't know. At this point, it's so whatever I am is so ingrained. That's why I'm kind of struggling to answer. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like being black is part of and expressing that and owning that is part of who I am in general. It's a really good question. Now I got to think about it more. Yeah, I apologize. Like I kind of sprung in it. Was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't apologize well, for that. Well, while he's thinking about it, uh, Bert, did you want to jump in there? Do you have something to say on the topic? Or are you just uh, listening in that? We ain't got time for dot, dot, dot. Man, <laughs> wow. trying to be a silent protagonist over here, but uh, how y'all doing tonight? Um, I, I'm trying to think on oh, my perspective on here. I mean, uh, you know. Where did you come uh, in on, if you don't mind me asking? We could probably just sum it up. Where did you come in on? Oh, I, I came in when um, Dan proposed the question to Jamil. Right. So Juice is over here talking and, and he's explaining, you know, how he promotes himself, how he identifies himself. Um uh as as far as it relates to being black and being a black male in twenty nineteen. Um I guess with me in the area I am at Denver, Colorado is a very strange place. <laughs> Uh, in in relation to everywhere I've lived before, I mean, Jacksonville is probably the closest thing to it. Uh, but even in Jacksonville, you're so close to uh, your society, uh, uh, your racial society, and stuff like that. So being here has made me identify my as a just as a person being black, I guess you could say. Um, but. Not so much as to forget who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always people around that that make you check and realize, oh no, never mind. You're not just you're just a guy. You're a black man. Um, and, and and it's not that it's tough, especially here. There's not there's not a lot of racism here or, or reasons for me to remember. You know, reason for me that that I'm I'm down because of my race or anything like that. But so I guess because of that and because of the environment I've been in the past ten years. I see myself more as just the energetic black, uh, energetic nerd versus the energetic black nerd, right? Um, and I, I guess that's good and bad. I, I, I you know, I, yeah, I married outside my race. Uh, my daughter is mixed. My stepmother is Caucasian. My stepfather is Chinese. <laughs> so. Every every yeah, you know, there's a lot of things. My mother is light skinned very light skinned Yeah. Uh, so there's just uh, you know, light skin bringing it back, right? <laughs> it's making a comeback. That's my cousin will always say, because uh, he's like he's like yeah, hey, hey, he's been saying this. He's 36 years old. And, you know, light skin. We can make it a comeback. Light skin. Light skin is in. I might just have to tell him to calm down. With all hey, we never left. We're just working I'm our. Just saying, look, man. <laughs> us dark people, we got Idris Elba right now, so we're good. 
Now, what I do is you watch the Tyler Perry movies and you see off top, who did you assume was the bad guy? And that kind of <laughs> lets you know. <laughs> Jesus. Because in the movie Hidden Spaces, Damn. I kept expecting a face heel turn because I just, I just hadn't seen a good guy, dark-skinned protagonist, our secondary <laughs> character, since Wesley Snipes ended Blade 3. <laughs> Look, and we finally have enough shades to talk about. That's yeah, sure. I don't shy away. I don't shy away from the controversy. Part of the reason that we're not sure who's the antagonist in those movies is because the writing is so goddamn terrible. Uh, that's also true. So it's not really a colorism thing. He just doesn't know what he's talking. Look, about. man. But, look, he, he feeding man, a lot he's of mouths. He's the president of Starfleet. <laughs> he knows what's up. So actually, actually, real quick, real quick. So. Mm-hmm. Like on the whole light skin, dark skin spectrum, if we could just hit that real quick. Like, what do you consider yourself? What do other people consider you? When did you first become aware of that? As Man, in, I'm so excited. In own or is this black and not black? Uh, you know what? Actually, let me explain for people who might not. So, if you might not know, because you don't know that many black people, uh, in addition to just the random racism bullshit, there's also colorism. Where the whole, yeah, where it's the whole idea of like, depending on what your shade is from, you know, it was like, what was it? It was some sororities had the brown paper bag test. If you were darker than a brown paper bag, um, we talk about light skinned people being on the up or dark skinned people being on the up. It's like what's considered sexually attractive goes up and down. Uh, mm. Except for black women, in which case, if you're a dark skinned black woman, you kind of had a short end of the stick for a long fucking. Yeah, it's been rough. Yeah. And this all plays into it for more so for black women, but black men definitely get hit with it. Right. Yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that? I'm, I'm, uh, this one I'm about to be very aggressive with needing. Yeah needing the audience or the part to anybody anybody that felt you know that took the time out and listened and participate i appreciate y'all and i need y'all to be in this conversation you know when this goes live as well usually when you lead with that that's the checkout point though yep mm-hmm. Look, just go in go in as you say you're gonna be the aggressive one i would like yeah. to note that i believe no, no, no. That you are also the darkest skin one out of us wait wait who <laughs> what the fuck did you Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank Throw a flag on the play. Flag on the play. Personal foul. <laughs> See, this has is... changed. Yes, Colorado is a weird place for real. I, okay, now I need some more participation. I'm going to post a photo of me and that nigga over there, and I want y'all to tell me which one's darker. I must be true. Well, see, this is why I asked what you consider what? yourself and what other people consider you, because I didn't realize growing up that my mom was considered dark skin because I grew up with Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go, and Will not being on here. Um... I mean, so I didn't find out that my mom was quote unquote dark skin until like three years ago, maybe. <laughs> like, what? And that's kind of changed like how I view some of the stories or she's related to me because now I have that additional context of other stuff she was dealing with. 
Yo, he said Will so disdain, disdainfully, but I feel like, you know, that was... <laughs> that's, all well, that's because it's like, I always call him Trey. Whenever I have to call yeah. him Will so other people know who I'm talking about, it's, it's like, awkward. Uh, <laughs> right. God damn right. it. It's like, when, it's like when white people try to use the ER out loud, and they're like, I don't normally say it like, yes, you do. Some of them do. That rolled off the tongue. <laughs> who, who, be saying it? who be saying it out loud? So... So like we can just go around the room. We can just start at the top. Darkest. So go ahead, Bert. <laughs> What's your personal experience thought, with colorism? I legit like always thought that I was you know the milk chocolate blend, right? Like I didn't think I was super dark because my dad's really dark and my brother's darker than me as well. And then so I'm not the darkest in my family, so I always thought I was like medium blend, right? But then, you know, going to a going to a school with 99% black people, you see all the shades, right? You see all the different shades you can be. And so I was just like, man, you know what? I really am in the middle. So that's why I always thought I was in the middle. But then people come out. And, but then when you're in, you know, white America as uh, or Hispanic America, as, as Colorado is, um, <laughs> You see yourself a lot darker than, than than maybe when you're around another a bunch of other uh, black people. So I still think I'm right in the middle, though. So side note: everyone on the podcast right now went to Florida A and M University, which is a historically black college. Um, so this is kind of the experience that you're hearing. So good thing to point out. I grew up in uh, predominantly white areas. I mentioned before, but I was considered myself, and I never really got called light skin until I went to fam. I was like light skin, like light skin was like fucking genuine or Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo Ball didn't exist if man. <laughs> hey, first 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 name popped in my head. First name popped in my head. Oh, let's say Look, LeVar he was looking Ball. for light skin people. Light skin dudes of note and he was struggling. Jesus. He's like, I gotta I gotta I find light skin people that are lighter than me. Who can I pick? Uh uh Steph Curry, uh Clay Thompson. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, that, that was not that was my thing. Well, not... you know, is that isn't that like a human thing? Like, oh yeah, I'm in the middle. That's like some human shit. Like, well, yeah, you know, everybody. So I mean, I guess hit me up with that. It's like I've always considered myself kind of in the middle, depending on how much sun I got. Like, would you guys say that's true or accurate, or would I be light skin? I don't think you're light skin. I think you're a little bit lighter than me. But okay. I, but that's the thing. It's like I think. Light skin to me is where you where you look at them and, and say, huh, they might be mixed. That's yeah. what light yeah. skin is to Same me. Same thing. I kind of do that. Like right. I can look at all of us, all our parents are black. I can see <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, are we, so we're just are we just I'm not doing this time. So we're just gonna you two are just gonna act like we're not we're not addressing that today. That's fine. What? That's fine. Nah, that's cool. All right, so I don't <laughs> whatever, whenever you guys are nope. so I <laughs> <laughs> so, so i didn't consider my yeah i cons- constantly created a third category because i'm definitely not light-skinned mm. i'm definitely not dark so there was a brown like a middle ground mm-hmm. that just looked at the other two sides and laughed at them because it's like man y'all are really struggling right now and you know it's so interesting to see like light-skinned people have all these issues whether it was you know anything from struggles to false sense of you know uh, a superiority as like a defensive mechanism and then the dark skin side do the same thing 
Um, but no, I don't, you know, consider, I wasn't in either one of those pools at all, ever, or at least not, you know, by my standards. But it would be so interesting to hear what other people, you know, thought, you know, thought they saw in me, you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's like for me, it's like during that time when I'm starting to get interested in girls and I'm first starting dating, uh, all the dark skinned people I was friends with, those are the ones the girls who are interested in black dudes wanted. <clears throat> uh, I was not quite black enough to be able to get that. And I say that like being fetishized is a good thing, but you know, when you're just starting on your dating That's life. Positive. <laughs> you'll take what you can get. Um, as far as color-based discrimination, I didn't see so much of it. Like, I've heard, especially, like, the women talk about it. But as far as, like, first-hand experience or first-hand seeing it, until I got to FAMU, there just honestly were never enough Black people around, non-family member Black people around for me to ever to witness that dynamic first. Okay, let me do a quick side. I didn't even write this one down. Uh, and I appreciate Bert for being forthright about his situation. Where do you, where are you and where were the rest of you gentlemen with interracial dating? Uh, I literally didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, I, like some of the school, one of the schools I went to, I was the first black male. I wished out, mm-hmm. missed out being the first black student by like a semester, which I was mm-hmm. kind of felt some kind of way about. <laughs> but, you know, it's the same reason why a lot of the people in my family are in interracial relationships. Because if you didn't go to an HBCU, my parents sent me to horse camp. I spent some summers at Camp Windshape, which is Chick-fil-A summer camp. Like, you're not meeting <laughs> enough Black people <laughs> that are in your dating for that to matter, for that to be an honor. So I was always open Okay. Okay. And then Cam, before you start answering the question again, neither nope. one of the two of you. Okay, that's fine. All right, whatever. <laughs> Cam, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with it. <laughs> Were you always cool with it? I you know what? Yeah, I always was. But once again, I grew up in a predominantly white area. But now that I think about it, like, you know, when I as I mentioned, grew up in New Jersey, then I grew up in Tennessee. And Tennessee was a white predominant area. New Jersey was I was mainly around black people. So, you know, growing up as a little kid, I don't know if that counts. Yeah, I was attracted to black girls, still am. But as you know, you tend to go, you, you tend to go with what's convenient to you. At least I do. And, you know, when you grow up around white people, you, that's what you tend to pursue. And when you're open to date any and all races, and I have, uh, you know, you tend to go where the quantities are. And white people are 63% of the population. If I'm open to dating any type of race. Majority of the numbers I date are probably going to be white because I give a white girl the same attention I give a black girl, same attention I give an Asian girl, and so on, you know? So, Bert, you actually committed to the premise, but were you always open to interracial dating? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I guess, the, I guess is, the, is, is the way to say it here. Um, I actually don't believe I ever dated a black woman. Mm. Yeah, I remember that one who tried. She came at a bad time in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I was playing Grandi Extreme. (laughs) It it wasn't a good good look at that time. Should have picked the shots better. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It's, yeah, I, it's not like I was against uh, yeah, against dating black women or black girls or anything like that. Um, the areas I grew up in were predominantly white, with the exception of when I was in Savannah, but that was only for a year. Um, the the most of the places, you know, Jacksonville, Columbia, South Carolina. I guess, well, except for in Tallahassee, but even Tallahassee as the city is predominantly white, but where we were wasn't. No, it was not. White people. Well, you know, it was that block, man. Like, you go two blocks across the street, it's nothing but Florida State and TCC, and yes, uh, they're going. The, the, the city of Tallahassee was actually pretty wild because uh, it was kind of like that invisible divide, right, because because of the two major schools, and then the, the community college was actually really big there, too. And it was almost like, yeah, you know, the, the Capitol building sat in the center of the city and kind of divided <laughs> right in half. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it's a weird thing because uh, I, dated, uh, I dated white and Asian and Hispanic, but never black. And it's not like I avoided it. I wasn't like, ah, I'm too good for my own goddamn race. No, it's not like that. It just never happened. Um, so I guess we, uh, to answer the question, I was always open to interracial dating, and it just kind of ended up this way, um, that uh, that I married that way. And then that my parents, when they split, they ended up in interracial relationships as well. What about you, Jack? <laughs> my situation is similar to you. Very, very few. Like, I can count how many black uh women or actually i don't really remember another black boy in my elementary class the last couple years in california when i moved to minnesota i'm putting this out in the universe so somebody can correct me the only other black person that i remember in my middle school was kirby puckett's niece there you go should have shot your shot, man. He could have. That's what all the white people said, like all of them, because they were like, "Oh, you're black? Did you know that you're black too? Hey, y'all should no. I mean, you know, sweet, nice young lady, but like, nah, I don't have to. I get it. You know, what I'm saying? I got a lot Plus, of that too. You know, only other black girl class. Hey, you black? You black? That matters, right? That's the only thing y'all got in common. But sure. Shout out to Chris Rock for being correct about Minnesota. Nope. <laughs> so. So I was pretty much like whoever's cute and cool or whatever was who I would be attracted to. My parents literally said, they told me later on, they were like, yeah, we had to get you up out of Minnesota because it wasn't like you didn't know any other options. So, you know, it's different. At least if I get exposed, if I'd have got exposed to everything and then I came home uh, with the white woman, I think they'd be okay. That's <laughs> not what ended up happening. Um, <laughs> But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. I didn't date black women because I felt like I had to. And I also didn't date white women because black women are all this one way or whatever. And so I think I just I, I fell into who I tried to, you know, uh, be with honest and, I'm, and I can live with that. So now let me then now ask the question for, you know, we have a panel of a lot of men who were open. Um, or, you know, and, and, and one again, and Bert just so happened not to date any, uh, any, 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 any black women, but can you be pro-black and, 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 and about the cause and with the culture and not have a black woman on your arm? Like, 
can y'all yeah. debunk why that's so ridiculous for people to say that as grown ass adults? You definitely can, but I think like anything where um where it's you know in the court of public opinion, mm. it hurts your credibility, right? Mm. It shouldn't, but it does. That kind of thing, you right? Know, you know what though? I I agree with what you're saying. I kind of reject that notion that it, you know, that it should hurt your credibility. I kind of viscerally fight that because I don't think that bothers it. I don't think that should affect things at all. Because like, no, you know, like yeah, it definitely like, shouldn't affect things, right. but it does. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, shouldn't be talking about driving while black shouldn't be shouldn't yeah. affect anything to a white officer, but it does. You know what if I mean? Kamala well, wasn't you know dating a white dude; she'd be up two points, <laughs> right? <laughs> Max, what's uh, what's ah, shit, the girl, the girl that they paid off to pretend to be Cory Booker's girlfriend, like that. This is so. Wait, wait, wait. You don't believe he was with Rosario Dawson? (laughs) We're not going in. We're not making no allegations here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody, calm down. I mean, I think that ties into. It, that was it, what I was saying. Like, how much of a, how much does public or mainstream perception do you accept and allow to influence your perception of black mm-hmm. people? Or wait, just let's, your character. So let's hit that next, but let's make sure we address like what Jay said. I'm sensitive. I don't think a black man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think that. Dark okay, stuff. so it's like this. To me, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, and I feel. But I feel like that's a general. I feel like a lot of our parents, and this just could just be talking from my experience. Like, my dad went to Morehouse, my mom went to Selma. It's like there's a lot of people in the generation previously who either, if they do have advanced degree, they either went to HBCU or on campus because of the way culture was, you were segregated whether you wanted to be or not. So your odds of ending up with someone from your same race are pretty high. Like for once you get to those people's kids, like when you're sending a black kid to charter schools, private schools, summer camps and everything else, if you don't then send them to an HBCU, the odds of them bringing somebody black home are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Trey might be the only person I know who actually did. Because a lot of my, I think it's 50-50. And I got a decent number of cousins, like of my generation, who married inside the race. And it's just, like Cam said, it's just a numbers thing. Like, yeah. unless that's something you doggedly pursue and you make that happen in college, or you live in a section of the country that has a heavy black population, like, it's just not even going to be an option. And I think part of the thing that hits people with that credibility loss is the fact that a lot of black people don't seem to understand they're only fucking 14% of the population. Mm. They get can't that. get it through their heads that it's like, you having five black is statistically crazy for most Americans. It's, that's something you either did or your college situation provided. But there are people in this country who've gone their whole life never interacted with a black person that wasn't in the service industry. And maybe not even that. That is very true. And that's an underrated fact that a lot of people don't know. Like, the only time they see black people is when they're working or being served. So I think it does hurt your credibility. But, I mean, look, my black card's in danger of getting revoked all the time. 
I doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. That'll be the that's right. Well, see, that kind of goes into like we joke about that, but that kind of goes with what I'm saying. Like, who can tell us what is and isn't black? You know, like like I said, it's part of all of our identities, whether we want to or not. Whether you choose to let it define you, I think is up to individual. But like. How much of these outside perceptions do we allow to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to guide in my life? So, so as of this recording, I have hit 36, which is amazing. Because um, we don't all get that. One of the people in this group used to not think he was going to hit 21. So, you know, getting, getting to be a black man and be in their 30s is not very common. Um, I say all that to say, Bro, now, like, the answer I have for you today is probably not the answer I had now, like, like back before. So I am truly, like, set in my ways, confident in who I am, very much willing to, you know, to, to, to get in conflict over it because I can back people down. Like, man, get the fuck off me. It's going to be what it's going to be. But we won't lie and pretend like these forces didn't matter as a kid, as a young adult. You know what I'm saying? Today. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But today, nah. Today, no, that public perception um and society's perception doesn't mean anything to me because every time anytime, like what you said, anytime I try to get clarification, why is things like they are? And they're just like, oh, you know, I don't know. There's no intelligence behind these things. They're just on groupthink and limbing mentality. And I went to too much schooling to be worried about what y'all think you have no backing, you have no you have no uh, uh, nothing you can cite. You're just repeating words. So now it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. Okay. See, I think for me, uh, I've always had to fight to protect my black. Um, uh, growing up, my dad used to pay me to read uh, comic books. They're like educational comic books about, you know, heroes of black history. Mm-hmm. So I found Booker T pretty early on. Yeah. So, you know, that's a pretty big bulwark for a young person when you're arguing with people about what black is and you know, like, one of the original OGs agrees with your position, not theirs. Can I ask you a sidebar of that? Was W.E.B. Du Bois the villain in that comic? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> I, I fucking knew it. It all makes sense now. That fucking knew it. I'm sorry. I'm good. Go on. And I'm sorry. And let me jump in since we jumped in. Dan, you made a very good point. Uh, so you said you've had to dis- d- defend your blackness all your life. I feel like early on, I was doing what other people wanted me to do. And so I was getting passes for it. And then as we started getting older, I stopped meeting people's expectations and that's when certain members of my family and certain people who are supposed to be close started turning on me and now you know now i've shaped to do a better job of understanding hey these three dudes right here are my guys other people maybe not so much it's a good point though and it's like you know i do think that kind of conflict made me shape me a lot in positive ways as far as like making sure I try to know what I'm talking about or like my love of politics, debate, or it, my confidence level, anything. But it definitely, there was some bitterness there that, just, you know, basically didn't start to go away until I had. I get it. Uh, and it was always just kind of like an undertone or a current 
our sensitivity, especially when you hear people being called like Coons or Uncle Toms. But, you know, I think everyone, I think everyone who grew up a minority got damaged. It's just some damage more obvious. And that was kind of damage I didn't even realize I had till it kind of started healing. <laughs> and I could see a difference in my views and my relationships, you know, kind of after Harper. Charge you, Bert. Um, actually, I, before I take this, I had a question to direct to you, Dan. You said you were in, you felt you were in danger of you know getting your you know, your black card taken from you. Who do you think what? Who do you think threatened you more with that? Black people or white people? Um, <clears throat> black people. Uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of turns into what Jay says. It's like. Once he stopped getting passes, certain people turned on who he thought were cool. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the reason it's like I had white people putting the knife in the front and black in the back. Because I never expected that type of acceptance from white people. Um, that's what I've been told to expect from black people. <clears throat> so not getting it or getting it and then having it taken away because, you know, I have lock. Uh, I have dreads. I did kickboxing, so kind of look like I play sports. That's pretty much the only sport I play. Um, so people have certain expectations when they look at me, just often. And so when I drastically don't meet those, it's very obvious you can see the attitude and the perspective and where they're coming from. And since a lot of us, <clears throat> or at least all the ones, I'd be the first person coming from a different point of view who actually knew enough about where they were coming from to have a real conversation debate versus just a yelling. And for them having to discover that there wasn't a lot of behind where they were coming from, especially because I was used to arguing with my older uncles and aunts who actually knew what they were talking about, like that <laughs> probably wasn't a great feeling for them and that affected them. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I guess with me, um, the physical thing, yeah, I didn't look like I played sports. I was short, so I didn't play basketball. Then I didn't play football. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, um, yeah, I guess in middle school, uh, I that's kind of when, yeah, I, elementary school, middle school, high school, up until fam. It was all predominantly white, right? So I was the token uh, in my friend groups, uh, in my classes, because I was smart. So you're in the the advanced classes, the AP classes in high school. Uh, you know, you're surrounded by white people and Asian people, right? Indian, the two Indian people. There's more Indian people than black people in there, always, um, for higher intelligence. Uh, you know, because they're about to be doctors or 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 in Bollywood videos or something. And it was me, uh, especially in middle school. High school kind of opened up a little bit more um, when I got to Jacksonville. But in Columbia, uh, it was just me. Uh, And so I didn't know what a black card was at that point. I just knew what being with the cool kids was and not being with the cool kids was. So it wasn't really a race thing to me. 
other than the fact that hey, I look different from these other people. Maybe it's like yeah, it's like yeah, they just think I got a more of a tan because I'm out in the sun longer. It's like no, I was out in the sun longer. You know, my ancestors in Africa they were out in the sun longer. <coughs> they passed it on to me, right? Then when I got to high school, I think it was really when I was in high school. Uh, that's when I realized that I needed that I was thought of differently based on how I looked not and and that's when that's when in the uh yeah because in middle school I was just trying to fit in not necessarily the the race thing but just the cool people thing you know in high school it got to some point I don't know when it switched junior uh, freshman year junior uh, freshman year sophomore year I just stopped giving a fuck and that's when I also be started going by the 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 name Bert. Also, was uh, freshman year of high school. Uh, mainly because they uh, my my friend group dubbed me Bert because we already had a Robert in the group, and I had moved there from from out of town, so I couldn't take over Robert. I had somebody else call me Bert. I became Bert. That's how it that's how it happened. So, was there one incident, or was this kind of a gradual realizing difference that dovetailed into you not giving a fuck? Right. It, it, it was that, no, I felt like it was you know, throughout middle school, no matter what I did to try to be with the cool kids, I was never with them. Um, I don't know if it was a race thing. Could have been, could not have been. I don't know. I guess I'll never know. Yeah. Cause, I, yeah, cause everybody was, every, everybody was white. So I just like, yeah, it's like, was it because I was, I was black? I don't know. The Asian kids in there, they were pretty cool. I wanted to be like the Asian kids. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to fucking watch Voltron and shit. Because the cool anime wasn't out when I was in middle school. And we couldn't hey, get it anyway. Oh. It was dial up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you couldn't even get it anyway. Yeah, it's like if that shit, because I, yeah, because I, I guess it would have been high school when Toonami hit the scene. And that's where a lot of. Yeah, you know, kids my age started seeing anime, right? It was Toonami on Cartoon Network. Um, that's where you got like the, uh, that's where Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z was, right? Yeah, full circle, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Staying up so, to 2 a.m. to watch unaided Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, yeah, and, and that's the stuff that wasn't cool. You know, that's, that's the crazy part about high school versus now. The shit that I did in high school that I liked, that I had to say, I don't give a fuck what people think, I'm gonna like this shit, is the cool shit now. If you don't like that shit now, you're not cool, <laughs> you know? Back then, if you like the shit, bye, see ya, I don't care what race you are, get the fuck out of here. We're right? ahead of our you're, time. You know, turn, that, turn that fucking cartoon shit in and get your lacrosse stick, uh, <laughs> if you wanna be cool. But that's when I started, I, I stopped caring mostly of what people think thought and i became me right every every person finds out when they become themselves and, and it can be middle school it can be high school it can be out of school it can be college it can be whatever uh, but there there's certain moments that you realize when you become yourself or the person that you're going to be and mine was in mine was in high school um because it wasn't about yeah it, and like I said, you know, with me, it wasn't really about race. It was more so about being uh, the 
person I am as far as what I like, what I don't like, uh, and the, the group of friends that I surround myself with. In high school, it was all white people, right? I had a pretty much the same number of core friends in high school as then when I went to college and fell in with you guys and we had the same like core group and then we had you know like the can the cameo appearances like Karan was basically Wayne Knight in our group yeah. and you come in yeah and it's like hello Newman um, <laughs> but we we had like the core every time right and then that's uh, and in of course in college everybody was black because we went to black school right and so I I, I guess Going to the going to fam was a good thing. It was a very good thing for me because I would never have gotten the black exposure that I did going there if I hadn't. And I got accepted to Virginia Tech. Um, did not go there. Went to fam because oh, they wanted. We actually might have still been friends. We But yeah, yeah, it was like because fam was like, here, here's some money. Come here. And we'll give you some money and we'll give you this fucking gateway laptop that lasted all of actually the gateway laptop lasted a long time but i didn't use it for school i pirated a lot of shit on there and then played a lot of age of empires on that shit too yeah we... cam you grew up in a similar kind of like predominantly white environment did you have a kind of this is the moment side let you know you're black when did that kind of go to you not oh, caring are you not one. caring enough to be you well i'm gonna be honest to this day I, growing up that way gave me a huge chip on my shoulder that i think i still carry to this day just to be 100 percent honest like what i've noticed in regarding and you know i say this as a guy that i, I like i said i'm weird like i was a nerd but kind of a jock because i play video games being a comic books but also be on a wrestling team and once again, sometimes I was a nerd, didn't have a whole lot of friends, and I was with the cool kids. Like, I remember half, most of my time in high school, I was at all the cool parties, but I realized that I kind of didn't really always fit in. Because what I noticed is that a lot of them, they like you if you conform. And I'm just a guy that I can't play by somebody else's rules if I don't trust you, if I don't know you well enough. And I think that was part of the reason why I kind of, like, developed the way I did and why I, I started, you know, going in my nerd habits because that was something I could kind of control and it was something I could kind of do at my own pace. But I also think those formative years did kind of develop a chip on my shoulder. And I think I still carry it a little bit. But at the same time, it's like when we were talking about the pressure at society kind of places on you or the pressure that maybe friends of yours place on you to be black and to act as like, I still feel that to this day and it's not that I don't care because deep down I do care because I really like to me image is important it's not it doesn't define everything about me it doesn't make me who I am but it's part of me image can get you through to so many things in life through business opportunities through just getting to know and actually have an opportunity with a girl you like so I always try to kind of carry myself in a certain light not so much go into the stereotype but show that i have a little bit of that in me but i'm more than that so i guess i ought to this day i still feel a little bit of pressure to have a little bit of the black stereotype but at the same time and y'all know me i'll argue with any mother i'll argue with the fucking sky to validate my point if i need to because i've always felt that if you don't stick up for yourself if you don't 
defend your point, people are just going to go with what they know. They're just going to go with what the public perception is. And if they think black people are dumb, if I don't prove to people or at least make it tense so they can't call me dumb, then they're just going to assume I'm dumb. They're going to assume that I'm this or that. So that's why I've always taken the stance that I got to argue my point because especially in this era, we have social media. If somebody else puts a rumor about you, somebody else said something about you. If you don't check it, if you don't challenge it, sometimes you have to carry that burden. And that's just something what that, you know, I think I refuse to do. Like I, I, like I said, I'd rather fight all the way down rather than have to live off someone else's perception. And I think that's why, you know, I get real confrontational guarding certain new things. Like you guys mentioned, somebody pulling your black card. I'm just like, fam, I'm black. You can't pull my black card. Not a black person on this planet can pull my black card. But, so, at the same, but at the same time, you don't ever want to be rejected by other black people simply because you don't agree with them. But you got to realize you're not going to agree with anyone on this planet 100% of the time. You just got to kind of find out the areas you agree and just be willing to defend the areas you don't. So I think I missed it. When did you get hit with your first feeling to other? That you were different? Honestly, man, very, very young. Very, very young. And, uh, like, I, I would almost say it was, like, when I first moved to Tennessee. Because this is the first, like, when I first moved to Tennessee at eight years old was the first time I noticed that my parents, despite both of them being FBI agents of making great salaries, they couldn't get interviews at certain apartments or certain places to live. And I'm like, why? why? I see these people right there. Why, how are they allowed to go? And my parents were like, nah, we, we don't want to go anymore. And I'm like, well, but you said we wanted to go there. You said it's a great place. And I'm like, no, we're just not going to do it. And later on, they just didn't want to pick that fight. It was like, yeah, it's not, it's not for And not that they couldn't go. It's just that they don't want the hassle. They didn't want to spend their money at a place where they weren't welcome. They didn't want to put their time into some place where they're not accepted. And I kind of feel the same way to this day. I mean, I'll give everybody a shot. I'll give any place a shot. But if you make me feel uncomfortable because of who – because I don't fit your stereotypes or fit your standards, I'm good. I don't need to be there. And, you know, I'm like, I don't feel I need to prove myself to anybody, but at the same time, it is important that they know that I can make it without them. Because I feel like if they do, uh, you're probably not, you're probably going to get treated better if they realize, oh, they, they don't need me. Um, okay. I think I had a similar. I don't know. To me, it was interesting because, you know, where Bert was kind of like the only black person at his middle school. And then as he gradually went along, it kind of realized that, hey, one of these things is not like the other. Maybe this is why I'm not fitting. Um, for me, there were three other black kids in my age group. There was one girl and two boys. I was coming off being homeschooled. They'd been there in that school since elementary. So I didn't fit, but when I was looking for why, you know, those other black kids seem to be doing just fine. And that might have kind of been my first kind of like break with all your people ain't, you know, mm -hmm. all your people ain't family. True. Kind of like, it was my kind of realization. And you know, that maybe that could have gone south. But about halfway through my first year of middle school, sixth grade year, 
one of the cool kids decided to bring me in. He brought me in as I was. Kind of socially awkward, former homeschool kid, nerdy black guy. And don't get me wrong, I love homeschool. I think it's a great idea, especially now there are a lot more resources for kids socialize. But I definitely was lacking skills. And by the end of middle school, everything was cool. But if I hadn't had him to vouch for me, just out of the blue, things might have gone different. But he did, and they didn't. And that was kind of like my first sense of other slash growing confident in being who I am and being accepted for that. And that kind of carried me kind of through. And I think it kind of helped that since I'm always, my parents always sent me nerdy magnet schools, most people there are outcasts. Like my high school didn't have a sports team until they decided to start a track team so people could get scholarships. Like it is true that nobody can marginalize like marginalized folks, but you know, you don't really have a lot of room to posture when you know your entire high school the table at lunch that nobody else wants to sit at. Yeah. What about you, Jay? Okay. So when did I realize I was different? Yeah, when did you realize what you were different? And the set part two is, when did you become cool with that? Okay. Don't know. I mean, because the thing, again, like, I was different when I was, when it was me and Kirby Puckett's niece. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they, but they also, it was like, it wasn't a very heavy, like, Minnesota isn't a very racist um, state. So, on a, on that side note, when uh when, when the Castile murder happened, that actually bothered me because a lot of people, oh, that white ass state of court, and, and and I honestly am with the people that were like, oh, that's not who we are. Like I I can vouch for that. So I mean, I was different, but it was cool. I got to high school, I was different, but it was relatively cool. A couple, like they were just wondering why I wasn't really talking to women, like why I was so shy. And I got the gay thing thrown out a little bit. Mm. Um, but we even need to talk was, about that. Yeah. That shit. <laughs> yeah. But even still, it was it was like it existed, but then still, like, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I to me, I just brushed that off as young, you, you know, young kids not knowing, having anything else better to talk about and, and not knowing how to express. But, like, a lot of those people are now adults and I rock. Um, so honestly, yeah, when did I know I was different? I feel like I, I, I came out the womb different. Like, I'm different. <laughs> like, I'm different today. Um, now, when did I get comfortable with it? That's, you know, that's just a little different. It was aided with high school. So middle school wasn't like, you know, the, the, the majority white kids in middle school wasn't a problem. But the high school and the college atmosphere is more, was more uh, inviting for me. So I guess I became comfortable because it was not nothing to be uncomfortable. I didn't have this, you know, the the minute 25 into the movie and somebody beat me up and I ran home in the, you know, crying and, and the rain and all that. Like, it just kind of gradually was just me figuring me out and, and shaping it kind of like, you know, becoming a better poet, just continuing to work on it. Arms and sweaty knees, weak arm spaghetti, and all that. Like it just got to a point. I woke up like, nah, I'm good. This is what it's gonna be like. This is the best y'all gonna get out of me because I can't. I'm not a good actor, so I can't be what the rest of them want. So let's just figure me out. And then you know, real ex real life experience. The friends that are around me, 
um, the entertainment or rather that I can gravitate towards people making shows that made sense to me and sounded like it was their my perspective. And it was almost like I'm making this 30 minute show, this sitcom, this comedy, this anime for you. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff was like, OK, well, it's OK to do do it, you know, this way, my way. I don't really know when that time frame was. OK. You know, it's the the R time. And we've gone a little bit over that. Uh, yeah, our time has taken over. <laughs> over time. taken all the time. Your time is our time. Thank you. Thank you, all. But it, we, it's an important topic to us that we're probably not even done talking about it. It's possible we could touch upon this in a future time. But we do appreciate everybody's listening. Everybody's listening, giving us your time though tonight. So, all right, you have a good one. If we hit back on yeah. this topic again, hopefully, uh. You can hear hear from a real dark skinned dude's perspective. Yeah, about to be midnight up in here. Kill us! This is after Western Skypes. Somebody had to take over. You went to jail. Yo, hit the comments. You know, let us know what you thought. You heard some of the topics. Like, please weigh in on your own. Like, you know, some somebody hopefully in the hour plus says something that could relate to you. You know, and then also Dan's got to apologize for talking shit about all the light skinned people hour, but I ain't forget. I know y'all didn't forget because y'all are sensitive and I didn't forget for you. So we got you. The rest of us, fuck with you light skinned people, okay? It's just not Dan. Yeah, just let his words bounce off you like light does. Because <laughs> Tomorrow will be a brighter day for everyone. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I mean, I'm here every uh, Monday night. <laughs> good night. Good, yeah, good night. Good night. Good night. All right, man. <laughs>